Welcome everybody. Survivor Series 2021 was actually my worst pay-per-view of the year last year. Will 2022 be any better? We're going to find out tonight on the Results and Thoughts episode of Tap Out Talk. I am your host, Brian the Hype Ballard, as we're going to go through the War Games format with only five matches on the card tonight. Did it spoil the show or was it just enough? Let's find out. Also, in my final thoughts section, we're going to talk about the possibility and I give my thoughts on how to build the future Survivor Series programs. This could really be the start of WrestleMania season instead of Royal Rumble. Stay tuned for that. But without further ado, let's get in. Alright, and we start off with our first matchup. WWE did a really good job of putting out the War Games match. When you have two War Games matches on one card, you can't really have them back to back, and you gotta make it to where your audience um, enjoys each of them, but also does not remember them and compare them to each other. And the WWE did a great job by starting out with an immediate War Games match with the females. Why the females first? Well, the Bloodline is the hottest feud going on in the modern day era of wrestling. So therefore, you do want that to be your main event. But, without further ado, this first matchup is Damage Control, head by Bailey, with Bianca Belair and her team. So, we actually get the start of the War Games matchup, and Belair and Kai, Dakota Kai, actually start off in the ring. Bianca is hammering at her, looking at for a powerbomb early, but Dakota fights out. A dropkick sends Kai to the gap between the rings, and she snaps Belair's neck over the rope. Bianca comes right back with Fireman's Carry. Dakota hanging on the case. She slips out, struggling off the ropes. A tilt-to-war backbreaker. Kai lands in a couple of kicks, sending Belair into the ring, and Bianca fighting back into trading punches up for a powerbomb, and she puts Dakota into the cage. And there's a countdown as the timer goes tick, 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 and Eo Sky is the next one into the match uh, to help out her team. There's a handspring into a drop kick. Sky's running hot, throwing punches, and Belair handsprings out of the throw, but diving, Tara sends her flying in return. Bianca trapped between the damage control girls, and she throws desperate forearms, but is soon overwhelmed. Belair double lands a double suplex and looking for a grand slam, but Io breaks it up with a missile dropkick. Putting boots to Bianca in the ropes, heels stand, the heels stand tall as the counting and the timer goes off again. Here we are starting every two minutes. Asuka enters for her next team and nobody's ready for Asuka. Asuka's coming in hot, staring Sky down, trading forearms, a whip reverse, an arm drag, a whip across, an EO with a knee, and then a hip attack from the Empress of Tomorrow off the ropes. Ducks Alaria and the alarm clock just connects. There's a strike rush in a Yurikin of Plenty off the ropes. Sliding kick, lay Sky. Babyface stacks Kai up and Bil Bianca military presses her into the cage. There's a missile drop kick from Asuka as she takes Io down. The countdown timer ticks, 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 ticks. And then Nikki Cross enters for her team. Cross gets a few kendo sticks with trash can lids out from under the ring and from under the ring side. And inside she smashes Bianca with a lid and follows it up with a Tornado DDT, a Fireman's Carry, a Michinoku driver on Asuka. Nikki fires up and whips both women with her entrance coat. It's interesting. You get more trash can shots. And at this point, I'm realizing 
you know, with all the extreme elements of the war games uh, that we're going to see tonight, it's great to have the two rings to give these superstars a lot of chance to just really work and do their craft. So it was kind of nice to see that spread out in the cage match, and it didn't feel so crowded as it does sometimes with some of these extreme rules related type matches in which, you know, we feel like we go into the crowd a lot, we feel like we are just really all over the place. So. Ultimately, I enjoyed that it was all kept in the ring with this War Games format and some of the extreme elements. We have more trash can lids, choking Belair with a kendo stick, and the countdown timer ticks again, and Alexa Bliss is next for her team. The Van Terminator takes Dakota out. Um, there's a kick combo across Price Babyface Trio working together to cut Sky down with a bulldog into a trash can lid. A Frankenstein takes Kai out. Bianca breaks the kendo stick over her knee. Cross climbs up the cage to get away from damage control and she holds a court with kendo sticks. Babyface overcomes while Nikki smiles and laughs and kicks her legs at the top of the cage and Cross is perching and there's a cross body off the cage and the countdown timer ticks once again. Bailey is the next one in for her team. Bailey enters and she brings a couple ladders into the cage with her, more of that extreme element. There's a sunset flip powerbomb and Bel Air is crashing into the turnbuckles, trapping Bianca between the ropes with a table, a makeshift assisted Cuebrada onto Bliss and a straight suplex to Asuka. Double stomps follows it up and the countdown timer ticks, ticks, ticks. Mia Yim, recently returned to the WWE, enters the match for her team and brings in some trash cans with her. Cleaning house with a little help from the steel. And there's a Superman spirit takes out Bailey as her fellow babyface returns to the flight. Suplexes one by one until everyone is down, out, and the counter ticks once again. At that point, it is none other than Rhea Ripley. And Ripley is coming in. This is, uh, she's a veteran of the War Games match. I believe this is entering her third War Games match for the evening, um, or actually in her career. Uh, Ripley is running hot, and there's an inverted coverleaf on Asuka, and Sky runs the ropes, a bunch landing in the basement before a drop kick on the Empress. Bailey blocks the Superman spear, and Io smashes, and Mia with a lid and a countdown timer ticks. Becky Lynch enters last for her team, and the match beyond begins. So at this point, as uh, Becky Lynch is finally in, we can start the official War Games match after there's just a bunch of pummeling that goes on in the ring beforehand. Lynch, of course, running roughshod on her heels at first, and she puts trash cans on Io and dropping a leg across the steel, and Becky advances on Bailey and she wants to fight, and she gets one, and then wild punch rolling and stomps against the steel. Riley cuts her off, Rhea Ripley, excuse me, cuts her off, and there's a riptide connect, but Asuka breaks it up. At this point, there's our Yurikin to Bailey, elbows to Rhea. Yim gets thrown into the cage wall as Cross goes to work on Bliss between the ropes, and Asuka spits missed right at Rhea Ripley. Bailey hits the Becky, or hits Becky with the rose plant on the steel between the rings, and Asuka breaks it up with a drop kick, popping Io up to the top as she climbs out of the cage, but Bianca runs interference. Nikki blocks the Tower of Doom with some targeted kembo, kendo stick shots. Hanging neckbreaker on Alexa, and Bianca powerbombs Bailey out of the corner. Eo on top of the cage perching. There's a moonsault off of the top of the cage by her. 
Cross goes on to get some handcuffs and screams at Alexa before going up top and trying to handcuff her to the cage. Bliss gets control and the handcuffs to Nikki and it basically gets the electric chair dropped. Rhea catches up. Um, at this point, they're just going all over the place throughout the match, right? Lots of brawling, lots of weapons, back and forth, back and forth, and a lot of just fun spots in the matchup, right? The crowd, um, you know, was pretty immoderate to hot, at least comes across on TV. I was told that in person it was a pretty hot crowd, but ultimately, this matchup was a great choice to just kind of get things started and get it going, right? So as we get kind of a little squared away towards the finish, um, Kai land uh, later on. There's uh, Kai lands on her feet after some moves, and there's a kith kiss of death or a KOD, and she eats a manhandle slam, a KOD for Io, and then throwing Bailey into the gap in the ropes. Lynn Chabella work on a table, getting Sky and Kai atop as Becky climbs the cage. Bailey tries to climb the block and just eats a KOD into the cage wall. Lynch perches, diving leg drop off the top rope, and it's over. It is Alexa Bliss, Asuka, Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, and Mia Yim win by pinfall with a diving leg drop through a table from Becky Lynch onto Dakota Kai. Lots of mayhem in this one, and war has begun. Good job to the ladies on this one. Um, again, it got the crowd hot. It got it up and going. And I feel like there was a nice mix of veterans in this matchup who knew how to wrestle matches. And there was also a nice mix of experienced um, wrestlers who have performed, you know, in um, some of these kinds of matches like Rhea Ripley and et cetera that could help kind of lead the way a little bit for some of these ladies. So let's go on to our next matchup. Uh, we do get segments throughout the night. I just want to kind of point this out. I'll talk about this later on. But we get segments throughout the night building to the main event of the men's war game match. But for now, I'm going to go ahead and just go straight into a little bit of a grudge match between uh, former leaders of the Bullet Club, AJ Styles and Finn Balor. So we get a really a start great entrances from both guys as they get in. And ultimately, Styles starts with a waist lock on Balor to the ropes. AJ with a leg kick, DDT to the leg, setting up the calf killer early. There's a shin breaker that connects, but then turns the tide. Sunset flip, rolls through, basement drop kick cover for one. A cobra twist applied, and AJ gets away, sliding forearm, and sets up an urogoshi, but nope, not gonna happen. Judgment Day gets into it with the club on the floor. Styles joins the fray and briefly as they fight out into the crowd. There's a headlock takeover from Balor trading near falls. A reverse and a backbreaker from a sunset flip and a cover for a one and a two. Off the ropes, Sling Blade connects. A calf killer scouted, countered into a double stomp, calling for the Styles clash. So again, but AJ reverses his own move. And how embarrassing to be uh, beat by possibly a move that you have had so much success outside of the WWE and just somebody else have success with you on your own move and maybe even perfects it better. But it didn't happen tonight. Finn was able to actually reverse it. There's a fireman's carry to a gut buster on Finn, but it just wasn't enough. There's an Orgoshi showed up, uh, inverted 1916. Styles floats over back. There's a back elbow, a moonsault, an inverted headlock, but nope. Bowler up top. Nobody home on the coup de gras. And calf killer applied in the middle of the ring, but Finn. Bowler breaks free by smashing AJ's head over the mat. Over and over. Trading forearms down into the chops. There's an enziguri from Styles. Puts Bowler in the corner and hit 
and a little back and forth over the ropes. And AJ is primed for his spring board. WWE finisher, of course. AJ Styles wins by pinfall. One, two, three, with a phenomenal forearm. All right. Um, a good little back and forth feud. It did not overstay its welcome, like I like to say. A good little back and forth feud between these two. It was nice to see kind of a more standard one-on-one -on -one matchup between these two. So I thought it was a pretty good, you know, back and forth. I almost want to see a little bit more of these guys. And thank God AJ Styles got the win here. I'm a huge Finn Balor fan, but I'm glad. I'm also an AJ Styles fan. I'm glad to see AJ get. I feel like AJ has not got a very clear win on a WWE pay-per-view in a long time. So it was nice to see that streak broken tonight. And it was nice to see these guys get to be able to go at it one-on-one -on -one without a lot of outside interference. While I would have preferred this matchup to be a traditional Survivor Series elimination match between, you know, the Judgment Day and then Team um, the OC, right? And I would have liked to see that. But ultimately, this still gets the job done. And I know they had to have some singles matches mixed in there tonight so things didn't get stale with the team up. So, fair enough. But, all in all, I think we're two for two on the matches tonight. And let's move on to our Women's SmackDown Championship. Now, I want to say that this matchup served a couple different purposes. This matchup was very short. Okay, WWE wanted the marketing aspect of this matchup. They couldn't resist the idea of having Shotzi Blackheart at War Games drive out in her tank in her entrance right it just writes itself so that's really i feel was more of a visual uh for this matchup happening wwe was giving a small little chance for shotzi just to kind of maybe shine on a bigger stage with a star like ronda rousey on that note ronda rousey is your champion so she comes out and along with Shayna blazer and at this point um shotzi blackheart comes out in her tank and she's rushing in, but Rousey is right there, encounters her with an insiguri into an ankle lock. Shotzi sends her to the floor and dives, but Shayna Baszler shoves her, her pal out of harm's way. Back inside, Ronda's working her over. There's a cutthroat Shikari special. Okay, crashing back to the floor. Shotzi lands a crossbody into the crowd and wipes out some of the fans too, which I was honestly a little concerned for these uh, people in the crowd. They, um, I'm hoping that they were planted in there to maybe just kind of take the shot and look, you know, like they, it was meant to be. But I really wonder if some of those fans got hurt. And I hope they are okay. And I just uh, want to make sure of that. But ultimately, um, into the crowd, back inside, Ronda then takes her off the top rope with a judo throw or two. And then a really nice looking Piper's Pit. And then at that point, it right into an arm bar. And that was it, guys. And at that point, Shotzi Blackheart gives up pretty quickly. And there's a submission with the arm bar to retain the WWE Women's Championship, the SmackDown Championship, Ronda Rousey. All right, guys. So this one was meant to be quick, fast, and simple. Um, a couple other things with this one. We didn't want... Shotzi to look like much of a challenge to Ronda. The WWE is in this mode of giving Ronda kind of a run, and they got to, you know, let her be the lawnmower a little bit and throw a little grass in front of her and let her trim down some talent, right? Um, while I know a lot of you guys like Shotzi, I don't think it is really at her time yet to be challenging for titles and um, without a proper buildup. And, you know, that's something I think that we just got to get used to is building up. 
Otherwise, we are just going to throw guys and girls into these kinds of matches in this uh, in the WWE or in any wrestling in order to build up the other person. Ronda is a household name. She's known across not only the WWE but UFC and across. You know, if you put both of these competitors on ESPN, the majority of the general mainstream is going to recognize Ronda Rousey, right? So Shotzi's just not there, even though she has a really great, fun, interesting character to watch. So anyway, um, a lot of people didn't like this match online, I've seen. Uh, it was very quick, simple. You know, matches like this don't bother me as much as long as they're quick, simple, to the point, and they move right ahead, and they don't drag themselves out, which this actually did not do. So um, I'm glad it was simple, quick, and done. Up next, we got the United States Championship match. And this was placed, I gotta say, really well on the card. We have Seth frickin' Rollins and is so over with the crowd. And then we have Bobby Lashley coming off a hot feud with Brock Lesnar. And now we've got Austin Theory in the fray, who really just kind of looked, you know, like a bit of a bonehead cashing in his money in the break briefcase during an open challenge. And I know they tried to rewrite their story and backpedal a lot on it. But um, some people feel that Austin Theory was getting buried in that moment by the new regime in the Triple H era. I think we'll find out a little something different tonight, though. And um, I like the idea of shedding the idea of the money in the bank. And not everybody that has the money in the bank briefcase is meant to win the championship. And I think it's still too early for Austin Theory to actually cash in and win the championship. So, this matchup, triple threat rules. There must be a pin or a submission. Sending Theory to the floor immediately. Lashley and Rollins trading strikes. Shoulder thrust into the corner. Uh, there's a bounce off the ropes. So Bobby's off the ropes and a big one, and he follows it with a neckbreaker. Austin is now back in, putting boots to Lashley. Rollins back in off the top. Bobby throws him aside and clobbers Theory with an elbow. There's lariats to the corner, and Lashley's running hot. He takes him out with a two-for-one and taking Lashley to the timekeeper's area, blocking a chair shot, a fireman's carry, and Austin slips out. A back elbow to Theory. Seth um, off Seth off the apron with a diving knee, and nope. Rollins puts a walking arm again into steel steps, but Austin cuts him off and he can follow up. Um, he grabs Theory grabs the steel steps and rams Bob off of them. And, and at that point, uh, Rollins to a dropkick to Seth. So there's a lot of back and forth that you would expect in a triple threat match with a lot of these guys just interacting their styles very well. You've got Bobby Lashley playing the powerful technical um, you know, paralysis here. You've got the arrogance of Rollins with his technical skills. And then you've got a very um, young and up-and-comer in Austin Theory. So this was a nice gel of all three characters. Um, later on in the match, we kind of go a little bit further. Uh, Theory basically gets back in, and then we get a uh, Rollins with a power bomb for a two count. Lashley gets on the hurt lock, and he Lashley clamps in the hurt lock on Rollins, and then Theory puts a sleeper hold on Bobby Lashley. He lets go of the hurt lock, and basically at this point, there was one point where. Um, they dumps him over the ropes, and Lashley turns into a pedigree, but manages to kick out. The match breaks down, and the hurt lock on Theory stepping into the turnbuckles and reverses the pin. Seth comes up with a splash, but it's not enough. 
Rollins with a rolling elbow, a death blow reversed. And Austin wants a pedigree, but Seth reverses it to a fireman's carry. Bobby Lashley then puts a hurt lock on both guys at once, amazingly. Just goes to show you his arm length and his strength, really building up that strength character of Lashley. They ram him into the turnbuckles and break the sidestep spear. There's a super kick and a death blow, and Seth is the only one on his feet. He's waiting and stepping off of Theory for a blackout. Austin puts him into the turnbuckles. Up top, Seth comes and joins him. Superplex, roll through into the Falcon. Lashley with a spear. Austin falls into the cover, and it's over. One, two, three. Austin Theory is wins the United States Championship. He's not buried. He's not buried at all. This is exactly where he needs to be on the card. So, he takes that championship by pinfall with a one-arm cover on Seth Rollins. And as he holds up the United States Championship, he holds up his arm and his wrist pad says, The Now. Because it is The Now for Austin Theory as your United States, your youngest in WWE history, United States Champion, Austin Theory. A very well-placed match on the card. It had a good match. This is one of the matches of the night for me. And I feel like the guys had a good back and forth. And it was placed right in the middle of the card at a perfect time. Uh, right before our main event. So I feel like this was a very smart to put this match up here. Just to get the crowd back into something a little more exciting from the previous matches. So, that being said, um, let's get into some of our main event and our storytelling for the night. And before I do that, I want to just say thank you to each and every one of you guys out there. Um, especially on Twitter. And those of you guys that like, share, and subscribe the content. I really appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Um, again, it helps my channel. It helps YouTube realize that I'm not a robot, you know, I'm just out here and I'm a real person, right? So uh, thank you guys for the Twitter interactions. Um, and even though, you know, you guys may have different opinions, I respect that, right? Because at the end of the day, it would be a very boring world of wrestling if we all thought the same and we all felt it was the same, right? So again, um, be kind to each other always, right? Because you never know. Um, maybe your words are the best words that somebody heard that day, and I just want to encourage that. I want to give a shout-out to the fans of ProWrestling.com and my friends over there that definitely embrace that better side of the IWC. And I want to say thank you to John, Will, Heather, Carlos, and you know, definitely those are the kind of people to get in. Um, also, let me give a shout out to my buddy Anthony, um, if it bleeds, out on Twitter as well. You know, I appreciate all these interactions. Um, I know there's so many more I can mention, right? But I just want to say thank you guys again. Uh, if you guys want a shout out, you know, definitely, you know, let me know and I'll kind of add you in this section. Let's move on. All right, and moving on. So I want to talk about these backstage segments. So I went ahead and the backstage segments, um, these happen throughout the night. And the design was... The storytelling happened at the WWE event. Now, I want to say this. This was done a lot better than last year's Survivor Series. I even hate it, I have to bring it up. But last year's Survivor Series and the storytelling for the night was about the very stupid gold egg in the uh, Red Notice movie with The Rock. And all of last year's Survivor Series was about promoting The Rock in his movie and the gold egg. And unfortunately, we didn't even get a payoff for that, right? But tonight, we did get a payoff. And the WWE did tell a story throughout the night. And the story is, what side would Sami Zayn take in the War Games main event match? Would he betray the bloodline? 
or would he stay true to his long-term friendship and best friend, Kevin Owens? And so at that, you know, the WWE did a very good job creating a dissension between Jey Uso and Sami Zayn and then kind of seeing where Roman Reigns ties into this whole thing. And it tells the story about whether um, family is truly blood or can family, people find family without them actually being blood. I personally grew up in a situation where I found my family through my friends. You know, and even though I do care about my traditional family, I found my family through my friendships and the people that I've gained experiences with. And I think that's something that the WWE is trying to tap into a little bit here is family is what you make it, not just because of a name you share. So with that being said, let's get into the main event. And that is the War Games match, the men's War Games match. It's the Brawling Brutes versus the Bloodline, the battle for the family. We have, as we start out, Jay Uso and Pete Dunne um, start. And Dunne is taking him down and working with his fingers. And when I say Dunne, you guys know I'm saying Butch. But I just, he's Pete Dunne to me, right? These War Games matches. He's, I believe, got four War Games matches under his belt. So he's by far probably the most experienced in this matchup tonight. And we get a bend of the hand in the mat, stomping the bicep and jamming his fingers into the cage wall. Stomping the arm, wrecking it back over the ropes. The Uso lands the neckbreaker that gets him um, some separation, a pressing attack and trying to take Butch out. Um, but he just gets his arm stomped in the diamond plate between the rings, body scissors, a double wrist take lock, and he counters. And all of a sudden we get the timer ticking right after some back and forth. Next in for the Brawling Brutes is Ridge Holland. He enters for his team. Holland is a freight training all over the Uso in the corner. And there's a total elimination. Uh, Pete Dunne working the fingers more. And the countdown timer ticks again. And after Roman intervenes, he stops. And then he actually sends Sammy in to save Jay Uso. And I can see Roman is wanting to see how these two act together. Zane is right in. Working on Holland over a rapid fire punches and stomps and elbows and a movement. Spent bickering with Jay, he spent some time bickering with Jay in the corner, but then he lets Butch recover enough for a moonsault off the top rope. Ridge picks up uh, both of them for a back body drop, and the bloodline recovers, and the countdown timer ticks again. And then I feel like this matchup, the timer went very quickly, and I think it was maybe just because I was so into like the storyline here. So Drew McIntyre is next up for his team, and Drew has his very much history with the bloodline. It was Solo Sokoa who actually cost Drew McIntyre back at Clash of the Castle the chance in his home country to win the title. Zayn and the Usos meet McIntyre as he enters, but he overwhelms them. He throws them into the steel. There's a spine buster to Jay. Drew's feeling pretty oozy as he yells to the crowd. I'm feeling pretty oozy. And he uh, ups in the turnbuckles, and Sammy tries to make the save, but Holland fends him off. Uso managed, Jay Uso manages to fight the babysit faces off, and McIntyre hits the spider belly to belly suplex. There's a future shock DDT on Sammy, a kip up, and a countdown as timers off again. Jimmy Uso enters for his next team. Uso brings a couple of tables into the ring. We're getting some lumber in there. And then at this point, Jay shoves Sammy when he tries to help set up the table. And a shoving match breaks out as Jimmy tries to moderate between the two. You can see the bad blood a-boiling. Um, they're putting boots to Pete 
done in Ridge, and the Usos go after McIntyre and puts him into the cage wall. Back and forth as the countdown timer goes off again. Up next is Kevin Owens, and this is where business is about to pick up in the great words of JR. So, Kevin Owens enters for his next team, of course, and Owens brings a chair into the ring with him and unloads on the Usos. There's a cannonball, and Kevin goes up top, and a senton atomico crushes Jay, and he throws a chair at Jimmy. The countdown timer ticks again, and Solo Sokoa enters next for his team. Sokoa is in there, even in the odds. There's brawling with the Brutes, throwing Butch into the cage wall, Holland with uppercuts, whip reverse, and a Samoan drop connects. The KO brawls with Solo between the ring, and the Samoan shrugs off the violence off, and super kick after super kick, and a reverse power bomb, and a back body drop on a steel plate. Later, Drew cuts him off with a headbutt, and the countdown timer ticks. Sheamus is now in the match, the final member of his team for the Brawling Brutes with the advantage. Zayn tries to keep Sheamus from entering by holding the door shut, but he just gets it slammed in his face, and the Celtic Warrior is in with lariats for everybody. The Irish curse on Jay, a body slam for Sammy, and he comes back with elbows, and he gets thrown into the cage for his trouble. Sheamus regroups with his boys and takes Solo up and it takes up top and then Avalanche white noises the countdown timer ticks again. And you can't help but feel in this matchup that Sami Zayn is all over the place and definitely is the Sami show tonight of watching how he interacts with his teammates and his opponents. Roman Reigns is the last to enter. The Tribal Chief, the head of the table, is up and at him. He enters last, completing his team. And now, the War Games matchup can completely begin as everybody looks like they just have the complete crap beat out of them. Each team regroups in the ring, and the babyfaces make the first move against the bloodline. And the brawl breaks out, and there's plenty of room to work with this dual ring setup. Sheamus puts Roman between the ring for the beats of Baldron, and everybody ends up brawling in between the ring, and we get a quintuple beats of Baldron all over the place on everybody. Everybody's got everybody. Reigns and Sheamus are trading forums, but Drew joins in, keeping the tribal chief off his feet. The Celtic Warrior lays him out with a knee in the brogue kick to Solo, but Roman hits a spear. Dude, Pete Dune breaks it up. Sammy breaks it up and yells at him with not messing with the tribal chief. Uh, Butch ducks and Jay nails Sammy with a super kick. Jimmy goes to check on him and Jay pulls him away. There's the 1D super kick spear. A ridge goes through a table and then the carnage. And there's carnage but no finish. McIntyre's looking at the table and Solo Sokoa puts him through it with a spinning solo and a stunner from Owens. Reigns breaks it up. Roman and KO are trading wild punches at this point. He blocks the Superman punch, blocks the stunner, a uh, Superman punch connects on the rebound, and then a super kick blocks the spear, and a pop-up powerbomb takes Reigns down. A kick to the gut, and a stunner by Sammy, and then Sami Zayn breaks it up after Owens does that by grabbing the referee. One, two, and at two, the referee, hand, Rudy Charles, gets his hand grabbed by Sammy to stop the count so we can't finish. It's very interesting here because Sami Zayn chose not to attack and break up the pin by attacking Kevin Owens, but he chose to stop the referee. So I think that was some respect for his best friend. Zayn then uppercuts Kevin Owens into the gentleman's, uh, right into his nuts, right? And at that point, he saves the Usos and he gets a really, um, he, he gets feeling really bad about it at that point. 
he gets on one knee in front of Roman and says something we just can't really hear. Um, basically, like, you know, like that he's definitely given his affirmation that he's in the bloodline and he's one of them. And then all of a sudden, there's a hallelujah kick to Owens. He holds Kevin in his arms for a long moment as the ultimate hug of betrayal. He holds him and he looks at Jay Uso and he offers his best friend, Kevin Owens, who's limp now, up and he throws the body down on the, the floor. And at that point, Jey Uso from the top rope and the bloodline wins with a diving splash and a one and a two and a three from Jey Uso on Kevin Owens. At this point, we get some post-match celebration. Roman opens his arms. He draws Sammy in and gives him a big hug, knowing that he sacrificed that he's just made for his bloodline tonight. At this point, Jay is looking angry as usual. He looks at Sammy, and Jay Uso initiates a hug to Sammy. And Jay Uso has basically forgiven and definitely trusts Sammy after Sammy's actions tonight. So the bloodline then throws up the We the One sign. Truly, all on the same page at the same time. I'll be honest with you guys. I thought this one was going to um, take a little bit different turn tonight. I actually kind of predicted that the bloodline might have taken a loss tonight because there was no title on the line. And I thought there was enough dissension in the ranks to where Sammy ultimately may cost the bloodline the match and side with Kevin Owens in a future feud. So we don't get that and we definitely get something a little different. And we're going to continue this Sammy storyline on into Raw and SmackDown this week. So, you know, kudos to the bloodline for getting it done once again and being the most dominant faction in the modern sports WWE era. So guys, I would say all in all, this was between this and United States match, um, championship match, these are my two matches of the night. So if you guys really want to save a little time, you can watch this match and watch the United States match. And I think that gets you enough for tonight if you really just want to see the bare essentials, right? The other ones were watchable, right? And I do want to, you know, kind of ask, did this five-person format tonight, you know, kind of mess with the what we're normally used to? And my answer to that question is really no, and I was completely shocked. Um, I could would have liked to seen a little bit more in there with like a Bray Wyatt or, you know, um, you know, L.A. Knight, Bray Wyatt, something like that mixed in. But ultimately, you know, it got the job done and it was an entertaining evening and it didn't come across as exhausting to me or that I was just waiting around for it to end and things like that. Um, also, um, I felt like it was a good starting point for Survivor Series and for the reboot of Survivor Series and the rebirth in the Triple H era. So, with that being said, let's get into our final thoughts. And with that, I want to talk a little bit about our final thoughts on what happened through not just the evening, but where Survivor Series can go in the future. All right, so basically, right after the matchup, we get, uh, I found out WWE did a little bit of a press conference, and it seemed very storyline driven, and it just was not it for me, right? Um, I like more of the realistic factor when it comes to the press conferences. Um, and I feel like if it was my you know, choice, I would like to see more of this be like a talking smack type show where they do have elements. Um, but 
you know, they were playing their entrance music as they were walking out to the press conference. And the questions did, uh, they just seemed like uh, they were planted questions. I have to, you know, kind of question some of them, you know, they were definitely uh, storyline driven, right? But all in all, I know what the WWE is trying to, you know, kind of copy AEW a little bit in the modern era with their press conference. So I would like to see a more genuine press conference like you would see after a pro football game or after any kind of real sporting event, right? And to me, I think that's where we can get, uh, you know, some guidance to the reporters on the kind of questions they ask. So that way you don't have realistic fights breaking out. But in the you know, that comes down to maintaining professionalism in your sport. So not everybody's always going to say everything that you like or you agree with you. And sometimes you just have to be the bigger person and not throw the hate out there. So at that point, uh, I feel like the press conferences can be done in a realistic fashion and not be so, um, you know, gimmicked, if you will. Uh, So with that being said, that's the final of this War Games event in the post press conference that they attempted to have so i want to talk a little bit about how we can do future related survivor series because i feel like while the war games was a great start i feel like it can be evolved into so much more i personally would like to see the war games match remain in the wwe survivor series realm now that doesn't mean it's the only match you could alternate it every other year you could do war games and then you could do Elimination Chamber one year just to kind of mix it up if you wanted, right? Because the Elimination Chamber was birthed at Survivor Series. You also could do maybe some Survive the Clock challenges to qualify, that kind of thing. Ultimately, though, I would like to see more traditional Survivor Series matches beyond the card for Survivor Series. And the way I see that working out is I would love to see like your traditional matches and then whoever the sole survivors are of those traditional matches, you punched your ticket to the War Games main event. And that is how you qualify for War Games is through the traditional Survivor Series matches that evening, which also could add an element of a mismatch in the War Games cage. So you could go into War Games with a four on two type thing, or you could go into war games with a three on five or a five on five. You know, you could go into war games with as little or as much as you want. And here's the other thing. You know, you guys might pose the question and say, well, you know what, Brian, what happens if you got a lot of guys that don't get along in the same Survivor Series war games match? And that's simple enough. Um, They would actually gain access through random drawing after they get their traditional match one. And then if they are mortal enemies, so to speak, the goal is the prize at the end of War Games. And that's the thing that I really want to talk about. I would like to see War Games become the official road to WrestleMania, not just Royal Rumble. So let's start WrestleMania season right now. And the winner of this War Games match in my world, I would like to see the winners and the winning team of this gets preferred drawing in the Royal Rumble match itself which means they would actually get to draw for numbers between 15 and 30. So they would actually get to draw in a special bin their numbers because they won and they were survivors and the winners of war games and Survivor Series, which would allow them a higher percentage and chance to go on to WrestleMania and and compete for a world championship. So that's kind of one of my main thoughts and my final thoughts on let's build war games into being this amazing event and let's go ahead and just make it mean something leading up to the royal rumble 
which then is the ultimate road to WrestleMania to start formulating what's going to happen at the biggest Super Bowl of wrestling. Um, also, just for a little fun, I would like to see a special guest referee in the War Games match. And who other than my buddy Sergeant Slaughter? I would love to see Sergeant Slaughter guest referee a War Games match sometime. I think it just fits perfectly. And I think the War Games moniker and Sergeant being in there as a special guest referee, which he does have some experience in doing, I would love to see him back in the realm of war honoring our, you know, our very uh, elite veterans and Hall of Famers. And I think that's just another way to kind of tie that in relevantly. So those are all my results and thoughts on war games. If you guys had some of your own, let me know in the comments below or hit me up on Twitter. But again, thank you guys for being here with me. Thank you guys for, again, making and being the best part of my wrestling world. I truly don't enjoy wrestling without you. So again, I want to thank you. This is again, Brian, the hype, Ballard, and that's everything. And remember, around here, we don't say goodbye. We just say thanks for watching and game over.